Can you explain to our listeners what fabulous drink we're drinking right now? The fabulous drink, sponsored by Copperworks Distillery of Seattle, Washington. Please sponsor unofficially. (laughs) But actually, if you're listening, that'd be awesome. Uh, It's it's gin, but it's local, Seattle homegrown, and it's good. It's amazing. It sure is good. And we did fly it here. It had quite a journey to get here. It traveled eight thousand miles. Yeah, but it made it. And I, I think asked, we are all it's less than local now, but it was local <laughs> yeah. at one point. It's <laughs> not local. Point. We don't want the local gin, yeah. actually. Yeah, they they asked us like, "What kind of gin do you guys want?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I didn't want to put any pressure on them. Like maybe something local." And the response was immediate. Double was like, "Oh yes, I know." I know where I would get you some gin. Like, y'all's Pacific Northwest gin. Yes. So good. Hi, I'm Big. And I'm White. And together, we are Big and White. And you are listening to the Big and White podcast, a podcast where we explore what it means to be a foreigner in Asia. So, what are we talking about today, Big? Well, today we have a special guest. I am so excited. This is someone that I met right when I first moved here, and then she deserted me. Rude. But she's (laughs) back and pretty stoked to talk with her today. Yeah. We're not going to let him leave. No, you can't. can't Abandon us once. (laughs) (laughs) I know you guys have other traveling plans, but sorry. (laughs) You gotta stay in Nepal. (laughs) No, I'm trying my darndest to get them to move here. But before we talk with them, I want to hear about your week. What? What incredible, terrible, exciting, boring thing happened to you this week? (laughs) All of those. (laughs) (laughs) Now, something we haven't talked about on the podcast yet is this amazing event called jazz man do <laughs> it is yeah even better than that sound that you just made <laughs> i don't know how to sing jazz i'm sorry <laughs> i mean you just got to get some saxophone in there i think i can't scat that's like a impossible life dream that will never be realized yeah. <laughs> like a little <laughs> that was that was not an instrument that was a body noise <laughs> Um, anyway, so Jazz Wando sounded better than any of the sound effects that we just attempted to make. <laughs> Except for the elephant song, but we'll get to that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, so every year, Katmandu hosts this jazz festival. I think, what was this year was the 17th annual, maybe? And musicians, da- da- jazz bands from all over the world come to Katmandu and play for six days. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So we went to three of the six nights. Mm-hmm. And the first night, like, is just in this little bar. It's called Jazz it? Upstairs. Highly recommended. Yeah. And it was so fun because all of the musicians are, like, just jamming. Yeah. Everyone's all mixed up. So it's, like, the drummer from the French band and the piano player from the Nepali band and the singer from the swiss band and whatever they're all together and it is so fun and it's actually kind of terrible because it's always my favorite night of the whole festival and it's the first night Yep, (laughs) it's like only downhill from there (laughs) it's not as magical after that but it was fun we also went to the um the last event that we went to was the final the finale finale (laughs) Um, english is hard (laughs) and again they kind of all played together and so it was a little bit more like people standing up and dancing. And the good thing about dancing with people who like jazz is that you just dance however you want, which is There's the perfect kind of dancing for me. Definitely no judgment. No. The first night there was this like borderline autistic guy who was like drumming on this pole. He was and we so were into like, it. You belong here. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. It was amazing. No, but yeah, yeah so fun. One of the reasons that's so exciting is there is there are some live music events here and like there's different art shows and stuff you can go to. But I don't know. That's a pretty unique event that's such high caliber mm-hmm. and so international and so fun. And it, to me, it's just very revitalizing to be able to attend an event like that. Yeah. And, of course, White and I developed crushes on many of the international band members. Yeah. <laughs> And talk to none of them. 
I I made eye contact and smiled with a several. <laughs> Actually, one guy I was like my favorite drummer and i was like getting closer to him because he was in the crowd for one of the one of the songs but then he had to go on stage for like the last thing so like right as i got next to him we like had this moment and then he left and i was like (laughs) could have been such a different story but he had to go have been the love of my life i don't know i never heard him speak maybe he doesn't speak english (laughs) he was in the french band was he French? No, he was in the other band, wasn't he? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different podcast and a different episode that we will be moving on from now. Yeah, so what happened to you? <laughs> Jasmine do also happened to you, but anything else exciting happened? Yeah, I actually have, besides our guest today, I have some other friends that are visiting me this week. Uh, one of them I grew up with, which is super fun. She's helping me reset my LA accent because let me tell you living overseas gets you all confused about which words to use and which vowels to use I keep saying the weirdest things anyway but the most amazing thing that we did was we went to one of my favorite restaurants which I kind of don't like to tell people about because I feel like it's this hidden gem and I don't want there to be other foreigners there when I go (laughs) But there is a Nuari restaurant in a town that's outside of Kathmandu, and it's up on this hill. And all of the seating is on the floor on cushions out on a balcony. So it's my favorite Nepali food. And you're sitting out and you have a view over the whole valley. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. amazing. And I forced white to come yes. <laughs> because she has hardly ever eaten Nawari food even it's though true. she's studying a Nawari language that is what my visa is all about that's what i spend eight hours a day doing i feel like i failed you as a friend it's my mm. favorite thing how i not forced you to do this sooner anyway it's a magical experience we ate bada which is like this fluffy pancake bread made out of lentil flour spicy meats uh, roasted black soybeans, bamboo soup, other beans, all the good things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and local rice beer. So, if you guys come to Nepal, email me and I might tell you the name of the place, <laughs> <laughs> or I might just keep it a secret, secret for myself. Yeah, that was fun. Okay, so well, I think it's time think to so. introduce our guests. You want to slide your mic on there? Yeah, girl. You bet. Why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves, tell us your names, and maybe a little bit about where you're from and why you're here. Yeah. Um, My name is Rain. I'm from Seattle, and I lived here in Nepal for a year. Um, Five years ago, I moved here, and then four years ago, I moved back to the States, Um. And in the time that I've been back in the States, I got married and so brought my husband back here to see where I lived and what I did and friends and favorite places and just a bunch of stuff around the town. And so he came with me, I drug him along and now he gets to see all my favorite stuff and meet my favorite people and be on my favorite podcast. So I know you're really <laughs> glad to hear that. I highly approve of him. So <laughs> Yeah, buddy. <laughs> the whole reason you came was for my approval, right? Hundred percent. Hundred percent the reason that we're official. Here. I mean, this is international news that you're approved of. So Right. I can't turn back deal. now. Well, why don't you let your husband introduce himself? Well, uh, my name is Double. Uh, and I am married to Rain, and I have been approved of, which might be the best news I've gotten all week. So, <laughs> And why is your name Double? Uh, we'll uh, nerd up this podcast a little bit. Oh, please. Um, is this going to fit right in? <laughs> yes. Perfect. Uh, I am a software developer, so I'll spare you all the lecture on what a Double actually is, but it's a... It's a coding thing, and we'll just leave it at that and move on and maybe bring some of my dignity with me. Uh, (laughs) So, yes. So, I'm married to Rain. I have never been to Kathmandu or Asia or anything, so this is my first Mm. time. Um, So, 48 hours in country, and it's been a pretty incredible experience to get to meet some... still alive. I made it. I haven't been run over yet. The traffic is a little scary. I wasn't quite ready for that. (laughs) Have you vomited or had diarrhea? Actually, no. Uh-huh. Wow. Right? You're Success. doing way better than you thought, even. I'm like pumping him full of pills. 
not cheating. I have a regiment oh. of uh, gummies and pills, three in the morning, three at night. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes. She knows. She's done this before. And now I get to reap the benefits. So stomach's doing good. Bodily fluid's doing good. Haven't been run over going strong. Sounds yeah. like a successful trip to me. So far, so good. <laughs> All right, Wyatt, would you like to draw our first question out of the question flower pot? Yes. Okay. So our first question, this is for you, Rain. So you said you've been gone four years, right? So in mm. the four years, what are some things that you've noticed have really drastically changed in Kathmandu? Oh, gosh. All of it? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like we... The airport looks the same, has not changed one lick. So it doesn't prepare you. Right. Right. It's like, oh, home. Like, I know this place. I get it. We walk out. I barter with the taxi. They way overcharge us for getting all the way out here. We get in and we're driving and we get on this like big road. And I'm like, <laughs> where is he taking us? What is this? And we're driving and I'm like, nah, it's good. He knows what he's doing. And we get a little farther and I'm like, he's taking us the wrong way. There's no way. This is not where I used to live. And then we go and we get to Satobato, which I used to have a friend who lived there. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is Ring Road. <laughs> How have they changed it so much? And there's like medians and construction and there's paint on the roads and like so much. It doesn't even look like the same road. Yeah. It's amazing. Partly functional, partly not functional. <laughs> but, you know, to each their own. They're trying. <laughs> Infrastructure can be good. Um, can be. <laughs> <laughs> that was super different. I feel like all of the shops have moved and restaurants have moved. Mm. Like, we got here um, uh, two days ago. And then we got in kind of late. And, like, it took us a minute to, like, get out here and get settled. And we realized that the place we're staying at doesn't have filter water. And I was like, well, we don't use tap water for brushing teeth. So, like, no, no. we need to go get bottled water. So I'm like, oh, I know this store. It's really close. Let's just walk there really quick. I'll get a couple bottles of water and, like, we'll be good to go. So we go, and I'm looking for Big Mart. And Big Mart is oh. gone. <laughs> so we get there, and it's, like, some weird apartment-looking building with glass and, like, people hammering and jackhammering and painting. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, what do I do now? So we walk up the streets and like bottled water, like everybody has bottled water. It's fine. We can find it somewhere. So we walk up the street to this tiny little puzzle and we go inside and buy some groceries for dinner. And I'm like, oh, water, let's get it. And they have no bottled water. What? They have Perrier. Oh, no. <laughs> for those of you not familiar, it's sparkling mineral water. So I'm like, well, we're tired. We just want to eat. We just want to brush our teeth and take a shower. And so I'm like, get Perrier. It's fine. So we brushed our teeth with Perrier, <laughs> which was probably the nastiest thing I've ever oh done. Because, you know, you like swish at the end, but it's carbonated. You're so it's like expanding in your mouth and you're like, you can't hold it in anymore. It was terrible. Yeah. So everything Welcome to Nepal, yeah, but I mean everything. And I feel like the new places that mm -hmm. are being built are trying to look so modern and Western, and it's bizarre. Like, one of my yeah. favorite things about Nepal is that it's not America, mm -hmm. and it, like there's just no similarities, and so it forces you mm -hmm. to get out of your comfort zone and figure out who you are in a completely different context. And all of these Nepali girls are like wearing skinny jeans and tank <laughs> yeah. tops. And Crop like, tops. What? Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. You know what, though? I find, because I've been here the whole time, so I've seen mm. the changes happen more slowly. I feel like, yes, there is a lot of Western influence, but also I feel like Nepal is developing in its own way. Mm, so it's like this really sure. interesting mix, which I think is kind of a theme of Nepal, is it's very diverse. It's diverse ethnically. It's diverse linguistically. But the influences culturally on Nepal are diverse as well. Yeah. So you have like the Indian cultural influence and then you have the more like East Asian cultural influence and then you have the Western influence. So it's like, okay, yeah, people are wearing not Nepali clothes anymore, but they're kind of still more Asian clothes. Sure. And like, yeah, the mall is like fancy, but it's definitely not the setup we would have in the U.S. for the mall or, you know, so it, it's developing, but it's has its kind of own weird mixed personality. Yeah. 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 
Okay. I will ask the next question. It is any language learning blunders from your time here? I know you've been here for fully two days. So, but how much, like, have you forgotten a bunch since you were here? It was been a long time. Well, so when I was here, I did like formal language classes just a little bit because I knew I wasn't going to be here for a super long time. So Mm -hmm. I thought, learn a little bit, but you can kind of fumble your way through. Okay. And then there's like, no Nepalis where we live. There's a Nepali restaurant. And so when we go to it, like, I'll try to speak Nepali, but I think I say like half the words right. We've gone to this Nepali restaurant once and she wowed everybody in the entire restaurant because we walked <laughs> in and we're sitting there and this little white girl starts speaking Nepali and ordering food in Nepali and the waiter's mind was blown. <laughs> So he takes the order, and then he goes back into the kitchen, and then one by one, every single person on staff in the kitchen <laughs> comes out of the kitchen and just talks to her, and then they all loved it, because here's this white girl speaking their language. And then we got 20% off the bill and free dessert. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, well I think so worth cute. it. I can totally imagine all the staff in the kitchen like, oh my god, did you yeah. see that white girl? Oh my right. god. Oh, I'm going to go see her now. And then they come back and I talked to her. She's smoking about No, I'm going to go talk to her now. Yeah. It was like the least restful but most fun dinner that I think we've ever had because it was just a steady stream. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. Amazing. That it sounds so like fun. more Nepal than Nepal is. <laughs> right. Like, that's so perfect. Yeah. It, we were cracking up. It was really funny. Um. Yes, one. I don't know. Bangles. I don't know if you can hear that, but one of my blunders happened today. We were at um, Mongol Bazaar, and we were walking around and doing some shopping and seeing, like, Pat and Derber Square, and um, I wanted to get some bangles, and I know you can get them really cheap there, so we're walking, and there's this older lady on the side who's selling a ton of them. And I stopped and I was like looking at them and she's like, Oh, what color do you want? And I don't know what colors are. Like, I can't remember (laughs) colors to save my life. So I'm like, um, gold. And she was like, Oh, Oh, and said something I didn't understand. And I just like nodded because I'm like, yeah, sure. Whatever you want. (laughs) I don't know. And so she like grabs my wrist and she sizes up like the meaty part of my hand. And I was like, (laughs) never, I've bought a lot of bangles. I've never had somebody do this. And so she like sizes it up and grabs these and shoves them on my hand. But like oh they don't fit. Like she, uh, my hand, like she like scraped skin off. Oh. There was glitter all over. It's like bright red. <laughs> she's shoving these bangles on. And as she's doing it, I'm asking like, what are you doing? And she muttered something like I couldn't understand. I don't think she spoke Nepali. Oh, like I think no, maybe she no. spoke like some other mother tongue. And I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> like they're on and they're never coming off. <laughs> like I just don't think I can ever get them off. That sounds very Nepali. They yeah. wear their bangle, their bracelets like so small. Yeah. It's painful to get them on, but then they just eternally live on yes wrist, so. yes we're gonna have Enjoy. to like smash them off to get through security because they're like <laughs> yeah. little bits of metal so that's not gonna fly in a couple of days when we have to leave but at least you chose a classy color they look great yeah 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 but one of my favorite ones from when i used to live here i'd been here for three days i think so like fresh so out expert. oh yeah no i spoke <laughs> fluent nepali and knew my way around town all the time and we had a didi a house helper And she came over the third day that I was there and like I met her and then my roommate had to leave to go to work. And so it was just us and she spoke zero English, no English. (laughs) And I'm like, that's fine. Like, I'm going to sit here. I need to do some work. It's totally good. And she just wanted to visit. Like, she just wanted to get to know me. So she sits down and I knew um, three Nepali words. I knew hello, thank you, and both. I don't know why I knew both, but at some point my roommate had taught me like just a fun thing like, oh, both is Dubai. And I was like, cool, that's great. I'm probably going to need that someday. So my Didi sits down and starts talking to me and I'm nodding because I have no concept of what she's saying, but she keeps saying Dubai. And I'm like, I know this word. So every time she says it, I repeat it back. So I'm like, I want her to know I'm engaged, right? So she says Dubai and I'm like, Dubai? And then she says it again, and she's like, Dubai. And I'm like, oh, Dubai. Like, every time she says it. And I have no concept of what she's saying. And she's getting, like, pumped. Like, she's just oh getting gosh. worked up. And I was like, I need to stop. I need to stop talking. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. So she ended up leaving. I saw, I had no clue what was going on. 
And then the next time she came, two days later, my roommate was there. And so my Didi was telling her about this conversation that we had. <laughs> and like my roommate doubled over in laughter. And I guess the whole time, like she was telling me that her son had moved to Dubai <laughs> oh, no. for work and was like telling me all about his job. But every time she said Dubai, I thought she said both. And so I'm like pumped that somebody's doing both of something. And it's so cool. And anyways, it was like, oh no, it was horrifying. And then she didn't speak to me for like two weeks because she like knew I didn't She's know like, what she was saying. How can I trust you now? <laughs> no, you traitor. Yeah. But I think I remember more Nepali. Than I thought I would. I'm impressed. Like, it just kind of came back a little... There are words I don't know, so I just say them in English, like, partway through my sentence. And I mean, Nepalis we do, do that, that, too. too. Yeah, 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 Nepalis do that, too. <laughs> Everyone in Kathmandu does that. Yeah. It's called code switching. It's a linguistic code term. Switching. So I just feel official now. I And I do. I, I honestly feel better about myself. Yeah. <laughs> I code switch. I think it helps, too, to be in the context. Like, you are trying to... Like, even when I go to the U.S. just for, like, a month, I, like... If I meet a Nepali, I'm like... Yeah. But, like, being in the place that Nepali is supposed to be, I think your brain kind of turns on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All right, Wyatt. Well, you want to ask our next question? Yeah, so I'm curious. Um, so you talked about getting to Big Mart, and then Big Mart was not Big Mart anymore. <laughs> But, um, yeah, have you generally been able to find your way around again, or have you gotten lost in the last couple of days? Maybe we should let Double answer this I question. <laughs> let me tell you a story. <laughs> so we get into Kathmandu on Sunday night, and uh, we're going to go visit the place that Rain worked at while she was here. And it's dark. It gets dark pretty early out here. And when it gets dark, it gets dark. Like, there's no streetlights. There's no nothing, right? So it's borderline pitch black. Um, And we're crossing Ring Road. And she's looking around. And she's not really sure what's going on. And she's, you know, I think it's this way. You know, actually, ah, hmm, hmm. Okay, we're going to do it. (laughs) So we just go down this random alley. And she's pretty sure that it's there. So I'm asking her, like, Honest assessment. Like, how confident are you that this is actually where we're supposed to go? <laughs> and she pauses and she thinks, uh, you know, 60%. Okay, you know, it's over 50. Let's go for it. So we start walking. <laughs> and we walk quite a ways. And then at every turn, she pauses and she looks left and then right. <laughs> I think it's this way. And we go. And eventually, we reach a dead end. And she's like, you know, that wasn't the right, that wasn't the right way. And we've been walking for 15 minutes. It's like, okay, back up to Ring Road. Let's keep going. Let's try again. So it took us probably twice as long as it needed to. But she did eventually find it. That's so good. I will give her props there. We made it. It just took a little longer than mm-hmm. it would have in the daylight. So Yeah, it's hard on all your directions are based off of landmarks. And then the landmarks right. change. Yeah, And it's dark. So it's unfamiliar. It's dark. I'm like, no, I know. I know how to get here. Because I walked that every day for an entire year. Right. I didn't know. (laughs) And then we like got to one of the dead ends. And there's this guy standing there like outside his possible. And I'm like, I'm going to ask him because I know the name of where we're going. So I'll just say, where is it? Like, tell me where it is. So I ask him, like, is it nearby? And he kind of looks at me. And so I said the name again. And I was like, is it nearby? And he like says some other name that wasn't anything related to what I said. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And we're by some like really fancy looking hotel. And he points and he's like, just go there. And I was like, no, no, that's not what I want. Like, this is where I want to go to the hotel. I know. And so finally I was like, do you know or do you not know where this is? And he's like, oh, I don't know. I was like, oh, for the love. Oh, my gosh. So we just left and then. I feel like that's such an Asian culture thing, though. It's like, it's not as strong in Nepal as some other Asian countries, but like, you don't really say no. Yeah. If if someone asks you a question and you don't know the answer, you just kind of like, you know, direct in another way. Like, oh, kind of like circumvent the answer. Yeah. So he was, he was, he probably felt like he was saying no very clearly. And he's like, why is this girl still asking me? Like, I just showed that I don't know the answer. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so you, well, you talked about your Nepali restaurant experience, but have you made any other kinds of connections with Nepalis um, after you move, moved back to the U.S.? Um, not so much, unfortunately. Um, there's just, like I was saying, there's just not a huge Nepali presence. I mean, we live in a suburb. I, I have to make a confession. I 
have an answer in mind that I want you to talk about. <laughs> and it's Himalayan Java. But yeah, Himalayan Java. Best coffee shop ever. And it's only in Nepal and like Omaha, Nebraska. Right? Like, <laughs> why? I don't know. So I'm at work one day and I get a text message from a friend who I had brought here before. And she texted me a picture of the Himalayan Java logo. And she's like, do you think this is the same place? And I was like, it's got to be. Like, it's the same mm-hmm. script. It's the same color. Like, you can't copy that. I don't know. Like, it's got to be. And so then we wait and, like, they do construction and they're, like, building it up. And the inside looks the same. Like, oh I'm, like, peeking gosh. through the windows, like, super <laughs> creepy at night. Like, the is this the building. same place? Right. Super pumped about it. So it's getting to the point where, like, it's probably going to be open soon because oh they've gosh. been doing construction for a long time. I'm, like, beside myself about this. But there's no, which I feel like in true Nepali fashion, there's no advertising <laughs> at all. Like, there's no grand opening sign. There's no anything on the internet. Like, it's not up on Himalayan Java's website that they're even opening this <laughs> branch. So I'm like, maybe it is something different. Like, oh, no, I really don't know. So I find an email. I don't know how. And I email him. And I'm like, hi, I'm a really big fan of Himalayan Java. (laughs) Hi, I'm really creepy. (laughs) I think you're opening in Linwood soon. Can you, like, tell me when you open? And the grand opening was, like, two days later. And so this guy, um, Sherrod, emailed me back. And he's like, yes, we are opening in two days. We would love to have you come tell all of your friends, like, all of this stuff. And I was like, okay, great. We'll be there. So we get there. And we walk in. And I'm in a mob of, like, 12 people right because i tell all my coworkers, and we go on our lunch break and i'm like this is the best coffee it'll change your life it's so good so we get like this huge van and we drive down and we walk in and like i don't know how but he knows me like this huge mob of white people and he comes up and he says megan <laughs> and i was like sharon like i don't know and he's nepali and so he was talking to me and he's like telling me all of this stuff about how they decided to come out here and they're like building this whole base for everything. And if it goes well, they're going to open more in the area and all that. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like I'm actually going to Nepal in a couple of months. And so he's like, oh, I'm going to give you the name of like the president, owner, CEO, whatever it is, oh Himalayan gosh. Java. And when you're there, just tell him I sent you. And I'm like, first of all, how do I find this man? <laughs> Second it's of all, Nepal, you just ask around. <laughs> right. Second of all, do you think he's going to give me the time of day? Like, I just can't imagine. So I didn't do it. Maybe we should have. I feel like he actually would. I feel oh, like probably. if you were like, hi, Shemal sent me. He'd be like, oh, welcome. Come to my office. I'll order you coffee. You. Yeah, like, what? Hey, can I come hang out with you? Right? It's all about the relationship building. It was man. a little ambiguous and I felt a little uncomfortable. So I just said, oh, yeah, of course. But every time I go back in, he's there because he, you know, hovers and watches over everything. And every Him time and I come in. He's employees. Right. <laughs> they just like kind of stand around and like don't really do much. And... The customer. Hello, mom. Too. Yes. <laughs> Excuse me, mom. Your sandwich. Excuse me. A napkin. <laughs> Yes, go fork. <laughs> <laughs> the customer to employee ratio is like one yeah. to ten. Yes, <laughs> but only when you actually don't need anything. Yeah, if you need something, <laughs> not a person to be Nobody's found. Nobody's around. Yeah. yeah, but every time I walk in now, he like stands up and comes over, and he's like, "Oh, Megan, you have returned." I'm like, <laughs> oh, I feel like this is like a cult. Like you have come back. We didn't scare you away last time, <laughs> dude. I have to be honest. Like I saw your post on Instagram about. That Himalayan Java. And I didn't know that they had any locations outside of Nepal. And I, like, immediately added to my mental bucket list, like, I have to go to this random suburb of Seattle yes! and go to <laughs> Himalayan Java in, in America. <laughs> so good. Yes. Very exciting. Let's just talk about food. So what is your favorite nepali food what foods have you eaten since getting here tell me all the things i love nepali food yeah it's so good it's so good and so i grew up in what is essentially the midwest uh and had nothing but like cheeseburgers chicken wings and pizza my entire life and now my world is being broadened to phenomenal food Um, right (laughs) it's good to be here um but it got off to a bit of a slow start. Uh, but since then, we had a super 
uh, authentic Nepali lunch today made by a friend's Didi that was Ooh. bomb. Super good. I don't really know what it was. I couldn't describe it to you. It was rice and this soup stuff that you put on top of it and some veggies, but it was awesome. Sounds like the only meal Nepalis <laughs> ever eat, which right? is called dalbat. <laughs> and it was phenomenal. And then for dinner tonight, we stopped at this random like restaurant bar thing. And again, not really sure what I had. But it was phenomenal. <laughs> so, and it was spicy too. Like Ooh. it was good. Had some Where kick to it. So now for all the actual details about what I just ate, <laughs> the person who knows something. It wasn't a random bar. It was um, if you go to Polchoke mm-hmm. and then you go towards Mongol Bazaar. Yeah, and it's like the. I don't even know what it's called, but it's a super small storefront and there's a window and they always have like their tandoori chicken, like turning on skewers. And then they have the, mm. I think we brought you Is it blue fox? No, it starts with a B though. Something like corner cafe. I don't know. That doesn't help at all. Cause they're all called corner cafe, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's like hole in the wall. Don't drink the water. Don't use their bathroom. Like, <laughs> You might die if you got a cut and touched something kind of place, but the, the most best. amazing food. Oh just, gosh. yeah. But like you smell it and your eyes start watering because it's so spicy. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say your eyes start watering because you're so happy. Also true. <laughs> it's the most delicious thing I've ever smelled. Tears of pain and mostly joy. like 70 years of open storefront spices never stopping yeah mm. yeah yeah mostly stuff. what it is yeah and he got introduced double got introduced to the kate momo Ooh, oh man. we did open momo mm-hmm. which good amazing but then he had kate momo for the first time mm. today do you want to yeah. explain what kate momo is yes. for our non-nepal experienced listeners the best kind of momo mm, debatable <laughs> <laughs> So good. So they like make the momo, which is like kind of like a pot sticker mm-hmm. dumpling type thing. And then they fry it, but only on the bottom. So it's like half fried. And then they put it in a basket and they steam it. So it's half fried, half steamed. Everything you could ever want in a single bite <laughs> in a kate momo. I mean, it's and the it's second, mm, third best. <gasps> third. Yeah, I think I would rank it probably third. Too. My ranking is open, chili, kate, um, joel. Okay, see, I don't like chili. That's like bottom of my list. I love getting (laughs) diarrhea the morning after I eat momos. (laughs) Yes. 100%. That's how you judge how good a momo it was. (laughs) Not diarrhea, well. (laughs) Never eating there again. (laughs) Okay, my next question for you is, has Nepal met your expectations? You know, that's a good question. It was... A little more, we'll call it third world, Mm. I think, than I was expecting. Um, Just kind of like very dirt roads, rocky roads, um, gravel everywhere, garbage kind of on street corners sometimes. So, and the fact that like a road was paved was like, kind of a big deal was like well okay it is exciting right exactly and i'd spent some time in kenya and out in the villages in kenya but we'd fly into nairobi the capital and like nairobi is a massive metropolitan city Mm -hmm. and has stoplights and pretty solid infrastructure and Mm. all of that so i was i think i was kind of expecting like oh Kathmandu, the capital of nepal will be the same as nairobi the capital of kenya Definitely not the case. Mm. Um, So that was interesting. I think the friendliness of the people was also something I wasn't expecting. And just hearing stories about how relational the culture is and how people value relationships above everything else. Um, Even like above getting their tasks done Mm. or their jobs done uh, is interesting and enlightening because the Western world's not stellar at that. And I especially am not (laughs) stellar at that. So those come to mind. What else? The bed. So yes. Uh, I was a little cranky the first morning after we woke up. We got in Sunday night, 
woke up Monday morning, was a little cranky because of unmet expectations, I suppose, because the bed was like sleeping on plywood. Oh, like, welcome to are the you Was sure it plywood? I think it might. I, I'm scared to like actually look. Like I don't want to know. Okay, live here for four years. You will love it. Now when I go to the States, I'm like, this it's bed is amazing. so soft. I can't sleep. What the I heck? I mean, people in America are always complaining about how their fitted sheets like fall off the bed. I never have to worry about that. I put like a glass of wine on my mattress and then I like jump around and it doesn't move. And I don't pay extra for that. That's just. That's included. That's just it. Was not prepared for that. So that was a little, a little shocking. Uh, And the couch and chairs in the little flat that we're staying at. Functional. (laughs) Is it made of like the scratchy fake velvet stuff mm. I feel like they're all made of that mm. or I mean, like you exactly. sit down and it's like <laughs> yeah like it's not it's not a desirable feeling <laughs> i mean it's softer than the ground probably which is where most you people know. sit <laughs> i mean it's not so sure <laughs> maybe a little bit maybe a little bit but it locks you in it like you are sitting super upright man good like, for the posture it's great for posture not great for comfort so that and then we didn't have hot water and we didn't have bottled water so i woke up the next morning tired from sleeping on a plywood bed thirsty because we didn't have water and I don't really even like Perrier, but like went in Nepal, it's your only option. Do what you got to do. Sounds like you guys didn't find the best Airbnb. <laughs> and there's no Wi-Fi there either. That's so weird. And then we spent $50 on international data the first day because oh, we no. had the wrong thing. So it got off to a bit of a rocky start. But then since then, it's actually been quite delightful. Well, so. when the three of us met with our friend... And she said, you know, if you live in Nepal, you just have to learn to be okay with ambiguity. Yes. I was like, man, that is the best summary of living here ever. <laughs> and as a software developer, my job is to uh, find ambiguity and do away with it. <laughs> so embracing ambiguity is a little tough. New mindset for you. New mindset. Good for you, you know? Sanctifying. Stretching. (laughs) There we go. Okay, so this question is for Rain. What was something challenging in moving back to the States? Oh my gosh. What wasn't challenging about moving back to the States? No, don't say that. I'm terrified. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I have to live here forever. Yeah, can never leave. Super silly story, but just something that like shows literally everything is hard about moving back to America. Um, I think I'd been back for a week or like a week and a half and I had a job interview. Um, and so I was driving and they like gave me instructions on where to park so that I could get it validated for the interview and stuff. And so it's this big parking structure, which like driving up to was so intimidating. It was like, I've never seen anything like this, which (laughs) I had like a year before when I lived in the States (laughs) and I was like, this is new. What is this technology that they have? It was amazing. So I like go up and it's one with like the ticket and then the gate that goes up. Um, So I drive up to it and like I stop and I look at the little booth kiosk thing and I'm like, what the nuts is this? (laughs) Like, what am I supposed to do? And I see a big button and a little slot. And like the only thing I can think to do is to put my debit card in the slot. So I'm like, I've got to pay. Like, I know. Okay. They said it was going to get validated, which means I have to pay up front. So like, I need to pay for this. So I put my debit card in the ticket slot, (laughs) right? Like you're supposed to press the button to get the ticket out. And I didn't see that. So I put my debit card in and like the machine freaks out because it's like, no, no input, no input. Like you can't do this. So it just freezes and like kind of shuts down and I kind of shut down and like I start to cry a little bit because I'm like, I think that I've messed up. And then the little security guard who's just like short little, like as as wide as he is tall, <laughs> African-American man comes up and he says, Miss can I help you? <laughs> I just like start sobbing and I'm like, my car is in the slot and I can't get it out and I've got an interview and I'm like, I'm just a wreck. And there's like eight cars behind me trying to get into this parking structure. 
And he just rolls his eyes and like presses the button that clearly says press here for ticket. And he presses it and it sti- like it shoots out my debit card, which was a miracle. I'm like, I'm never getting that back. It's lost. It's just been eaten. And then he presses it again and it like shoots out a little ticket and says, thank you. Have a nice day. And then the gate raises and I'm like, I'll praise this to the Lord and King. I have been saved. Like this is all fine. And then I go and park and like have to take a minute because my mascara is like running down my face because oh, yeah. I'm sobbing, sobbing. It was a nightmare. Um, so literally everything is hard about moving back to the States. Um, cool. Thanks. We are now encouraged to never leave this country again. Yes. Yeah. Don't do it. Hard. Stay here forever. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, not now. <laughs> I'm going to ask you the last question, which is what was your favorite part about living in Nepal? Oh, that's such a nice question. Mm, my favorite part. Um, I think my favorite part was um, being helpless, like especially figuring out how to be here. Like when I first got to town and like I didn't know where anything was, I didn't know how to cook, I couldn't make chia, like I couldn't do anything. Um, because those made the best friendships with Nepalis. Mm. Like if I didn't know what to do, um, we lived on the top floor and a family lived on the bottom two floors of the flat that we were in. Um, and if I didn't know, I would go down and ask the Didi who lived on the middle floor, like, where do I buy this? Or what is this called? Or can you teach me how to cook this thing? Or I can't turn on my gas heater and I'm about to freeze and lose a toe. So like she was so helpful. And like my, um, Comco Didi who came and cleaned, um, my language teachers, the shopkeepers, the widows at the campus that I worked at, like I think my favorite thing was just being completely helpless. And then they feel so sorry for you that like (laughs) they'll do anything for you and not in like a take advantage of their kindness kind of way. But like then they just recognize like, oh, this person needs me. Mm -hmm. And so then they were always around me and like always helping me and creating community. And so I think that was probably my favorite part is creating relationships through just complete dependence on other people. That's really awesome. I feel like most people when they move overseas, especially if they're doing like nonprofit work, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of like whether you want to or not, you have this mentality of like, I'm going to go save those people, you know, I'm going to fix everything. I have something to offer you. Right. Right. So, yeah, that's really cool. Like, I really respect that. But I don't know, just that like to you, that's something that was a highlight of the experience rather than something that was really difficult. You know, I think especially Mm -hmm. for us Westerners, we're taught from the time we're little kids like the best thing to do is be able to do it yourself and I think there's a lot of benefits to that but then we also lose out on like you were saying you know all these potential relationships Mm -hmm. that we could be building with people and you know people love to feel like they have something to offer you know (laughs) like (laughs) I mean that sounds weird like people love to give advice and people love to like help because they feel important and Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can all kind of, like, do that with each other. So before we wrap up, I feel like we should talk about how we met. (gasps) Yeah. Because. Yes, please. It really (laughs) highlights some some parts of Nepal that we haven't really talked about. (laughs) Can we make this, like, segment of the week, White Talks About Crazy Villages? Yes. Let's talk about how stupid I am that I had this experience and I still moved here. Honestly, though. Here we go. (laughs) Makes you wonder. Okay. The year was 2014. I, White, was a stupid but thought I was smart junior senior senior in college in the u.s and i said you know what i love linguistics i want to move overseas obviously i want to move somewhere like south asia because i know i love india and nepal's basically the same as india right so i'll (laughs) go there so i went to nepal in 2014 june 2014 for a month um i went with five other people maybe like mostly students yeah Um, And we were all trying to figure out what we were going to do with our lives. And this, when we got to Kathmandu, this was when I met Rain. So she kind of helped facilitate our team being here. 
I don't know how you guys put up with us. I really don't. <laughs> oh, it's so embarrassing. Rain doesn't know now. either. <laughs> oh, it was a challenge. So embarrassing. <laughs> like, we were the people that I get so annoyed by now on a daily basis. But anyway, we're not, we're not talking about that. Um, and one of the things that we did, we went to a village out to the east in the hills for a week. And now I don't think it would be that intense. But like then, like we took a public bus, um, so which means you're pretty much packed on. I think it took maybe 10 hours or something. I think something. it was 10. Yeah. yeah. So kind of crazy getting out there. It felt like anyway, the roads aren't very safe around there. It's a lot of careening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of careening. <laughs> and then um, we were going to the village. Like, I mean, you know, the road ends at some point and you're hiking up into the village. And it wasn't that long of a hike, maybe four hours or something. Something I remember like it being eight. Longer than that? But I don't know. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> it was 20. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't particularly fun at mm-hmm. any, yeah, in any case. And we were tracking during monsoon season, which anybody who actually has spent time in Nepal knows that that is a terrible idea. Big mistake. So monsoon, I mean, it rains every day and... In most places in Nepal, that means that the leeches come out. Now, let me tell you, my dear listeners, I am from Arkansas. I grew up in the country, out in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by rivers and creeks. I thought I knew leeches. (laughs) (laughs) And so they, like, gave us, before we trekked, they gave us um, little, like, packets of salt to put on the leeches to make them fall off. And I was like, I'm not going to need that. (laughs) Like... I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to, like, trek through the water. And then, a couple hours in, (laughs) um, I looked down at my forearm, and a leech had fallen from a tree, as they do. Because in Nepal, there are land leeches. So they, like, sit on leaves, and they stretch out super skinny. (laughs) And they're heat-sensing, so if any animal or person passes by, then they're like... Immediately gone. <laughs> I'm like getting nauseous remembering <laughs> this hike. And like, so it falls on my arm, and I just like am staring at it for a second. And again, I thought I knew leeches. I'm not like, I'm easily freaked out with stuff like that, but it surprised me so much that I started screaming. <laughs> <laughs> and our um, Nepali guide who was with us like comes over and he's like, What is happening? Oh, it's just a leaf. You know, just like flicks it off. Yeah. That was the first of probably 40 leeches that I got within the span of that week. (laughs) What? It was like an army. (laughs) Everywhere. Why? How? What? Yeah. It was like the leechiest place in Nepal, I think. I've never gotten that many leeches. It's like the leech capital. Yeah. I don't know how they all found their way there. But every (laughs) leech in Nepal was in that village. It's like... If leeches go on pilgrimages, this is where they end up. <laughs> Leech Mecca. <laughs> <laughs> so we would all like, you know, have a leech buddy who like need to watch for leeches on you and stuff. And when we trekked back down, it rained the entire time. Mm. And um, I remember at one point we stopped and our guide was like, um, yes, maybe there are leeches. So maybe we should run. And we had our packs <laughs> on our back and we're like, ah! <laughs> like just like stomping through a creek. <laughs> we ran so much on the hike back down. Oh my gosh. So dramatic. Like I've been on so many hikes and so yeah. many tricks. Yeah. And I've never had this yeah. problem. It was horrifying. Yeah. I had leech PTSD for like yeah. three weeks. Yeah. Like we had house plants and there would be worms in them and I'd see a worm and like again cry because i can't deal with emotion but like would cry from seeing a worm and i'm like i'm gonna die it's gonna suck out my blood so okay my big question for you is why the heck after that experience did you still decide Mm. to move to nepal Mm. that is such a good question i don't know i mean i'm glad (laughs) you did you're a brave soul but my goodness that's like the kind of thing that makes you never want to return to the continent again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for the three months after I got back from that trip and I was looking at all of the leech bites slowly healing on my feet, <laughs> I just thought of a simpler place. 
<laughs> one where I could do my life's work. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I thought that was what all of Nepal was like. And I was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, why not? I'm, I'm willing to sacrifice like, to help people with their languages. <laughs> and then I moved here. God and is then- calling me to leeches. <laughs> I talk to people here, and I'm like, what do you mean you've never had a leech bite? (laughs) You've never even seen... You've lived here for 20 years, and you've never seen a leech? Uh, Wow. Well, um, good on you guys who planned this trip. Glad you took them to Leech Mecca. You did good. (laughs) Yeah. We planned that? What about the other, like, five people that were with you? Did they all, like, get traumatized and then just, like, never leave the U.S. Um, again? Yeah, as far as I know. (laughs) Actually, pretty sure. (laughs) You know, I mean, you really weeded out the weak ones. We did. We found the gem. The weird person who comes back to the land of (laughs) bitches. Could be worse ways to meet people. I can't think of many, but there could be worse ways to meet. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that, that although that was very traumatic that you guys got to have that you know you know like when you go through war together you bond like you probably had that we also had like how many girls crammed into um, it was like two and a half beds with like six women yeah Mm. and it was like little twin beds which again like now having the survey experience i would be like these are small beds but then i was like Huh, well, this is obviously what's cool. expected. I guess this is what people do in the And it was literal plywood. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of spooning. Yeah. Because how else do you fit? Well, that's... you don't. You had to, like, make a plan for when you needed to move if you were in bed. You're like, <laughs> wake the other person up. <laughs> yeah. My hip is falling shift. asleep. We have to shift in three, two, one, go. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys. This has been amazing. Thank you yeah. so much for coming on the podcast. This is my greatest dream. <laughs> <laughs> you are one of our biggest fans, which we're very glad for. <laughs> so any last words, Double? Thanks for having us. It's yeah, been but, awesome. Yeah. Thanks for staying up. You guys are amazing. I we're know. a little jet lagged. Our bedtime has been a pretty consistent two hours ago. <laughs> so it is 10.23 p.m. It, two hours ago. You guys yeah. are epic. Yep. I'm amazed. Do it for the podcast, man. Do it for the podcast. <laughs> Anything for the podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, um, uh, listeners, you know where to find us on the emails. Bigwhitepodcast at gmail.com. Instagram. Facebook. Patreon. You can give us all your monies. Not just some of it. Probably all of it. All of it. (laughs) Remember the big white secret? Remember not to link our personal accounts or say our actual names online? Thank you very much. You guys are the best. Um, Yeah. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. Yep. (laughs) Same place. Find it there. Or try a new one. Mix it up. You know? Live adventurous. (laughs) Um, Okay. I guess let's hang up now. All right. Yeah. We should probably hang up. up. Okay. 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 All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Bye. All right. Meet again. Bye. Bye.